Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight coming off the weekend. I don't know, you know. Well, I did other things this weekend than look at the news. You know, a lot of things things didn't happen on the weekend. I I expected more news-worthy stories. I expected to hear stuff about... uh, about, for example, the war in the Middle East. You, you know what's happening as far as the Ukraine war is concerned. Zelensky is flying over here. Well, I thought he was here meeting with Joe over the weekend. On tu- no, he's just- meeting on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah, asking for more money. Yes, this coming Tuesday he's going to be uh, with uh, Joe and also uh, Speaker of the House Johnson. To They're going to meet at the White House. You know. Why do we need to give them more money for a war that is over? I mean, it's done. Russia has won it. Everyone's, everyone knows that. The, the news is every once in a while you see the stories. Yeah, Ukraine's done. They can't, they can't pull out of this. They're done. And yet we're going to give them more money. Why? Where, is that well, money I mean, really I think it feeds effort? a military industrial complex that uh, likes to be fed, has a uh, incredible appetite and just can't get enough. You know, we talked before about what we were giving the Ukraine. A lot of it is in the form of used military equipment or, or not necessarily used, but stuff we had in reserve uh, that we never got to. You know, boxes of ammunition and guns and stuff that maybe had a, an expiration date. We shipped a lot of that stuff over to the Ukraine and considered that part of our uh, our money that we were giving to them. And what we are doing in return, taking that money that we didn't send over and buying new stuff. We're buying new stuff, exactly. So more sophisticated stuff. So yeah, we have an excuse to get rid of the old stuff and not tell the public. Yeah, yeah we actually had munitions and everything and good stuff, but. But you we'll know, give it to the Ukraine. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how Zelensky presents himself. You know, last time he was here, he came in his Fidel Castro garb. You know, his uh, olive drab uh, sweatshirt and pants, and you know, looked like he just came back from the front. And everybody applauded him when he made a, a speech at Congress. And he was called the Winston Churchill of his time. And, and now, you know, things are not going all that well in the Ukraine, like you said. And uh, now uh, there's a lot of people who just don't want to give him any more money. And so I'm wondering whether he comes a little more dignified, a little more like a diplomat this time around. Will he, will he have a suit and tie on? Or will he well, once again? Know, go ahead. Joe loves uh, woke people and uh, people of uh, distinction, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Uh, transgender or something like that. Maybe he ought to come and drag. Might get because apparently America is really a, a drag queen nation. If you would, if you, you know, the, not, I'm but, not making fun no. of these people. Uh, don't don't get me wrong, but the the numbers are really I think, misrepresented. You know, I think that the media made that an issue. Drag queens and tra- all of this stuff became like mm-hmm. the the topic of conversation. And I think it was a, truly a distraction. You know, we've had people dressed in drag for generations. We've had people who are transgender for generations. We've had people who have all different types of sexual proclivities for generations. But yet, in the last six months or so, a year or so, they tried to make it like it was an issue. It was an issue because we were being distracted from the real uh, issues that, that were affecting our life. For example, the border, the border. Now I got to, I got to play this for you. Chris Murphy is a Senator. I think he's from Connecticut and, uh, he was on, I think, meet the press over the weekend. I want you to hear what he says about, uh, the money right. for the Ukraine and the border. Listen, I think this is one of the most dangerous moments that I've ever faced in American politics, and I wish Republicans weren't holding Israel aid and aid to Ukraine hostage to the resolution of immigration reform. Can you believe that? He Mm -hmm. wishes that the Republicans weren't holding the money for the Ukraine hostage and tying it to the, the reform on the border. He would rather our border be screwed up, continue to be messed up, non-existent, 
than to have it tied in. All the Republicans are saying, if you want money for the Ukraine, you've got to fix the border and commit to it. Now, that should be something every American wants, Republican or Democrat, right? But nope. Yeah. Nope. These guys, you know, they want the money for the Ukraine. By the way, think about this. The money for the Ukraine is for a war about borders, right? The Ukraine border. They want to keep their country. They don't want Russia coming across their border into the Ukraine and taking control of their country. What's happening to us? We have illegals coming across our border into our country and changing the fabric of our country. Right. Did you see the story that in San Antonio, uh, the airport there, there was was an the undisclosed uh, by the White House has been going on for maybe a year or more, but at least eight months. They've got a refugee camp in the uh, in the airport where they house and feed and ship off illegal what do they, do uh, they, immigrants. Do they take like a hangar or something like that and convert yeah, it? Yeah, apparently they did. They wow. and, but it was off the books, off the right. They didn't tell any fellow politicians. Wow, it's a secret uh, camp run by well, Joe Biden. I got a question for you. And we how, pay for how many it, other you and I. how many other airports are they doing well, that? Now, that's a good question because where there's one, there's another and another and yes. another and another. And how many people have crossed the border? And why are we doing this to begin with? They even they even help them to catch, wow. go catch their flights. I'll bet you they're mostly uh, in the south, in the warmer southwest. Uh, borders uh, come. They're probably in, in airports like Phoenix and maybe yeah. Las Vegas, where the, where even in the winter time, for the most part, for the most part, the temperatures are more comfortable, more livable. Right. I mean, you put them in a hangar in Chicago in February, they'll freeze to death. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it'll get cold. Well, San Antonio. I mean, what's the temperature there today? Eighty. Yeah, or something exactly. Like that. So it, it, it gets down to maybe sixty in the in the winter time. You know. Uh, yeah, so, but I just found it interesting. I mean, you know, you know, we always say, what else has he lied about? Well, there's something else that he's lied about or hidden. And we need to stop the bus, pull it over to the side of the road, and take a look at everything that Joe has done. Yeah. And I bet you we would, we would unravel things that we would be talking about for the next three or four years. It's really an administration of uh, destruction when you think about it. It's destroyed our our fuel system. Mm -hmm. It's uh, destroyed our borders. It's destroyed our reputation to uh, a lot of our allies. I mean, we have a problem big time with our ally Israel. I mean, uh, Israel, first we go to Israel, Biden goes to Israel and says he's going to stand by and support their war, and then like a week later, he says, "Well, you don't have uh, unlimited credit. You have limited credit. You just can't go into this war and continue fighting it till you win. You got maybe a limited period of time. That's essentially what he said to him. You got a limited period of time to fight this war. After that, well, you know, we'll have to reconsider." Then people say, "Well, how important is our relationship with Israel? Israel is about seven million people. That's the size of maybe New Jersey." You know, I mean, it's 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 the size of a state, uh, right? Maybe New Jersey's bigger, but it's not. I'll tell you one thing: it's probably it's probably bigger than Rhode Island, but right. not much. Uh, I, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that uh, Israel is a small country, and I guess our 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 size compared to them is like say really significant. So when we say we're not going to support you anymore, that has an effect on Israel. That hurts them. You know, mm-hmm. you, one second you have the leader of the free world standing side by side with you saying, you know, we're we're in it for the long haul. We're going to be in this until you reach your objective. And then like a week later, a week and a half later, you got his secretary of state saying, well, you have limited credit, uh, you know, Good luck with uh, with this war if we decide not to back you. Although I got to tell you, the Israelis are resilient. These are resilient people. They've been through incredibly hard times. Uh, I heard something over the weekend, and maybe if uh, we get a moment, I will post it. Uh, I heard a there's a pastor 
at uh, a, a church in Virginia. It's called uh, it's called Cornerstone Chapel, and his name is uh, I think his name is Gary Harnick. I uh, could be wrong. I'll have to check in it because I'm doing this off the top of my head. And he did in a 45 minute sermon the most well put together, articulate description of what's going on in the Middle East and why I've I've heard so far from anybody. This is a non-denominational uh, pastor, minister at a church doing it in the middle of a sermon. And I thought, my goodness gracious, this guy's a smart guy. It wasn't all it wasn't all related to the Bible, but he used a lot of exp- he explained what Israel was. He explained why Israel had a right to exist and why it had a right to exist where it is right now. He explained why so many people in that area are out to get Israel. Um, it, it is quite uh, it's quite the sermon. I do have it, the audio for it, and maybe we can post it on our website. I'll I'll, I'll send you the link for it, Bill. And if anyone yeah. wants to listen to this guy, uh, you might want to do this. I got this from a friend of mine. A friend of mine in Florida who uh, said you might want to listen to this, uh, and you know it's funny. I we I figured out you know it's a, I'm, I'm Catholic, right? I don't in, I, I go to mass and after mass, you know, I go on with my week. But you know, a lot of my Protestant friends, they they are uh, they are more into scripture. They're more there's the sermon basically, whereas in a Catholic mass it's called a homily and it may be five minutes, seven minutes long. In the in the process of the whole service, right? But when you go to a, a a Protestant service, for the most part, the sermon is the that's the whole thing. That's the whole Megillah, as they would say. That's the that's the substance. Boy, and this guy knows how to put together a sermon. You got to hear this. I will. Uh, I'll I'll give it. I'll send it to you, Bill, after the program's over, and. Uh, you can post it, and anybody who wants to hear this, an explanation on why this is so very important uh, that and why the Israelis have a right to exist and be there, uh, it's it's quite impressive. But anyway, I, I didn't mean to, uh, to veer no, off the okay. beaten path. Um, President Trump was speaking over the weekend at the New York Young Republicans Club. I don't know how this guy does this. He lives in Florida, right? One weekend he's in Iowa speaking, and the next weekend he's in Maine speaking. Then he's back home, changes his suit, flies up to uh, to New York this weekend for this Young Republicans Club. And uh, he said something interesting. He said, uh, Biden's opened up a Pandora's box that will never oh, yeah. let our country be the same. Uh, he said, <laughs> He said, Joe, be very careful what you wish for, because... Joe opened up this Pandora's box. Uh, it's it's a, a bit of a long audio clip, but I, I think you should hear it. This is President Trump. Something that was not doable, but they've opened up a Pandora's box. And I only can say to Joe is be very careful what you wish for, because what you've done is a terrible thing. When a president leaves, especially a very popular, I got 75 million votes that, that they know of. We're not talking about the millions that were played with. Never forget our enemies want to take away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. It's very simple, very simple. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. And in the end, they're not after me, they're after you. I just happen to be standing in their way. And you've heard that before. I mean that 100%. This is far more than a campaign we're all involved in. This is a great political movement. This is the greatest political movement in the history of our country. There's never been anything close. Together, we achieved the most secure border in U.S. history. We built, as I said, 561 miles of border wall and got Mexico to give us 28,000 soldiers free of charge. You know when they say Mexico didn't pay? Mexico paid far more. They gave us 28,000 soldiers. They said, you have to give it to us. If you don't give it to us, we're going to have a problem. They said, no, no, we're not going to give you soldiers. I said, okay, then we're going to tariff all of your products coming into the United States. So they said, sir, it would be our great honor to give you as many soldiers as you'd like. 
I got it free of charge. So when they tell you about Mexico didn't pay, Mexico paid much more than if they actually contributed to a wall, which is a very hard thing to get done legally. Not to get done, to get done legally. I took on communist China like no administration in history, bringing hundreds of billions of dollars pouring into our treasury when no other president had gotten even 10 cents from China. I appointed more than 300 federal judges and three great Supreme Court justices. And I kept my promise, recognized Israel's capital, and opened up the American embassy in Jerusalem. I also recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights, something that nobody thought was possible. And with the Abraham Accords, I even made peace in the Middle East. So we will once again have peace through strength when we become the 47th president of the United States. It's all about peace through strength. Just this week, crooked Joe Biden raised the prospect of American troops fighting Russian troops in an all-out war. I'm the only candidate who can make this promise. You are not going to have any more wars. You don't need wars. We can solve all of these problems. And everyone knows that if we don't solve them, we'll do the same thing to them as we did to ISIS. ISIS was defeated. Nobody thought that was possible, including our wonderful television generals. Three years ago, we had the strongest border in our history. Now we have the worst. Does anybody know the snake? Has anybody heard the snake? Should we do it or not? What the hell? We have nothing to do. Should we do it? Bannon, should we do it? The snake? So this is about the border. This is about allowing people in that you know there's going to be trouble with. And it was a song. It was an old song. It wasn't meant for this. It was meant for other things. But it's been very popular. Has anyone ever heard it? The snake. It's amazing. All right, you're going to hear it now, then. A legendary piece of poetry. On her way to work one morning, down the path along the lake, a tender-hearted woman saw a poor, half-frozen snake. His pretty colored skin had been all frosted with the dew. Poor thing, she cried, I'll take you in, and I'll take care of you. Take me in, oh tender woman, take me in for heaven's sake. Take me in, oh tender woman, sighed the vicious snake. She wrapped him up all cozy in a comforter of silk and laid him by her fireside with some honey and some milk. She hurried home from work that night, and soon as she arrived, she found the pretty snake she'd taken in had just survived. Take me in, oh, tender woman, take me in for heaven's sake. Take me in, oh, tender woman, cried the vicious snake. She clutched him to her bosom. You're so beautiful, she cried. But if I hadn't brought you in by now, you truly would have died. She stroked his pretty skin again and kissed and held him tight. But instead of saying, thank you, man, the snake gave her... A vicious bite. Take me in, O oh tender woman. Take me in, for heaven's sake. Take me in, O oh tender woman. Sighed the vicious snake. I saved you, cried the woman. And you've bitten me, but why? You know your bite is poisonous. And now I'm going to die. Shut up, silly woman, said the reptile with a grin. You knew damn well I was a snake before you took me in. That's what's happening to our country. That's President That's Trump. What... <laughs> I love it when he does that because that is a classic. Some people say, "What do you? What? Where, where, where did that come from?" Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play you a little bit of where he got that song. All right, maybe listen listen carefully. Side the lake, a tender heart. 
like that that's uh, al wilson from uh, 1968 yeah. and uh, i think president trump is uh, showing his age when he does that bit because i think that he liked it too <laughs> back in the yeah. day johnny rivers did it too and both of them have rare recordings of it it was an uh, oscar brown civil rights song from 63 i think is when that song actually was you know found so it's kind of interesting that he uses that song because when you think about you know, where and how it uh, kind of came about. But really, it's a biblical thing. I mean, you know, Adam and Eve, the serpent would be, what, the devil. Well, it was a, it was a terrific song, and boy, the poem has outlasted the melody when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, the lyrics are what uh, makes th- that whole Trump, uh, you know, poem work. And, yeah, there's uh, there's other versions of it. There's the story of the scorpion and the frog. You know, the scorpion wanting the frog to. Well, help supposedly that supposedly that was written by uh, Pittsburgh uh, uh, Pittsburgh's very own Jim Quinn, I think. Was it the which, the, the frog, the scorpion and the frog? Uh, uh, no, uh, what yeah, was the it one could he be. did? No, he wrote the ant. Ah, the, the, yes, the, yes, that is that. He wrote that's the right. ant, yeah. which is a great piece of work. Um, but you know, a lot of people stole that from him. Yeah, they did. Yeah. The, the, the ant is a great, uh, you know what? I'll get that. I'll call him today. Cause I got his love to, I, I mean, we'll play, we'll, we'll play that. If you want to have him do it, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, record well, you know him. what? Maybe I'll, I'll invite him on. I mean, he owes me a favor. So what the hell? Uh, but anyway, that, he that, doesn't that, owe that me is any favors. Trust me. You, you know, <laughs> it, it's fascinating though. Over the weekend, when President Trump was at the uh, Young Republicans Club in New York, um, when he said to President Biden, "Be very careful what you wish for," but uh, you know, because you've done some terrible things, uh, he's warning. I think this is with regard to the indictments that uh, 
Biden's uh, Justice Department have thrown up at uh, President Trump. You know, I can't help but think that maybe all along Trump has expected the indictments, has not discouraged the indictments, truly. I mean, he's let them play out, and Mm -hmm. his real plan is to envelop the bad guys once he's on the stand and once he has a chance to present the evidence and to cross-examine, do you know? Yeah, he's kind of unmasking this, the snake right now is what he's doing. You know, there's a hearing today. Of course, you know, Letitia James is going, oh, those expert witnesses, which damaged her severely in her case, but she knows she's got the judges along with her in her pocket. They're going to do what they're told to do anyway and paid to do, and that's to you know, fabricate, nail, falsify, just make a case. But Trump said, not going today. You know, they're they're interfering yeah, that's with the surprise. election. He came out yesterday and said that, Bill. Yeah. On Sunday. He's not going to go today anywhere. He's uh, Well, he is going somewhere, but he said the hell with him. because, And, you know, I agree with him because if he were to be there, well, let's say he shows up, no matter what he does, what he says to counter, it's all going to be taken you know, and dissected, well, there's a word mm-hmm. that can hurt him because we're going to turn it around. And, oh, there's a grimace because we got the film and we'll 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 lock that one piece of the film to where he's making a smirk, you know, where it looks like he's sure. posed with a dumb picture, which is how they get those pictures. They shoot video and then stop frame it, and that's the picture. You know, how do you think they do all this stuff? It's like reading... Uh, well, reading they were doing satire. Do, satire news is what they, we got. They had a picture of Trump, I believe, on one of the major magazines, like it, either it was Time or Newsweek or something, and they got caught colorizing it, making his skin look more orangish. Orange. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'd like to know who was the freaking idiot that said, "We'll make him orange man." No, no, no. He did it. Inten- they did it intentionally to make him look bad. They yeah, did it. I'd like to know who the idiot is that said, that said we're going to do this, you know, because come on, you know, but then that shows how low they will go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that's pretty true. damn low. Well, uh, I, I think it's interesting. I, 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 my question was, was he going to be on the stand because of his lawyers putting him on the stand, which I thought was a mistake anyway. I don't think you ever should put your client on no, the stand, do. you know, you never uh, do. Yeah, well, they it, 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 obviously it wasn't a subpoena, was it? I mean, if it was a subpoena, and he says I'm not going to testify, he can't defy a subpoena. The the media would be all over it. So apparently, it was his lawyers. Am, am I wrong? I mean, does that? I don't. I don't see anybody fighting back at the fact that he's not going to show up right now. You know, if you are, if you're called in and you don't go, it's contempt of court. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure that they have other fancy words that they would throw to make it more because, you know, one of the things that they like to do in a court case, all the attorneys, is sit there and say, well, you know, we really only have this one thing if we even have that at all, but we're going to make it worse. We're going to make extensions of this. So we're going to take this indictment or this charge and make it this charge, this charge, this. You've got 21 charges against you. You know, then that forces the person to plead down to maybe a half a dozen. Well, now what you've done by doing that to clear the deck, you just he can't falsely he, admitted to the other ones. Trump can't plead to anything in no. these trials. Nothing. He doesn't have there's no there's no middle ground here for Trump. There's no wiggle room. No. Because if, if he pleads guilty to anything, then that brings his whole defense to the ground. Uh, Elena Haba talked about the Trump case over the weekend. After hearing Deutsche Bank say that they still consider the Trump organization a great client, that they paid their loans off early, nobody was not paid, their statements of financial condition were actually undervalued, and hearing that from experts who are on the Nobel Committee, Executive Committee recommendations, saying that the accounting records were perfect and those mistakes that may or may not have been on were not mistakes at all. They were called subjective valuations, which every real estate developer has. They were um, absolutely fine, and there was absolutely no fault at all 
and, the, and frankly, they even went further and said the New York Attorney General's complaint had no merit. There was absolutely no violations of any accounting principles. The judge shut us down, so I stood up and said, as did my colleague many times, that we need a directed verdict, meaning that they have not proven their case. They've closed their case. We are now putting on our case, and they cannot prove that we did anything wrong. Quite the contrary. All they've proven is that President Trump is worth a lot more than his financial condition, and if he wanted to inflate it, he would have put his brand alone, which is worth billions and billions and billions of dollars. But he didn't because there was no fraud. Uh, Letitia, as you mentioned, she campaigned on Trump. She's trying to maintain some political uh, you know, relevance off of Trump. That's why she shows up and does her PR thing there. Uh, I really, I find it disgusting, and we are seriously in a dual system of justice in a banana republic where we were already found guilty of something we didn't do before we walked into court. You know, it's amazing what Deutsche Bank said was that, yeah, it's not unusual that we downplay a customer's net worth, uh, we do it regularly because some people are so wealthy, like Trump, that it's almost hard to imagine. And that's what Elena Habba was saying. She, she Donald Trump is worth, some, some people have said $10 billion. $10 billion, not million, $10 billion. That is more money than he will ever, 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 ever need. Okay? Uh so, so let's say hypothetically he's going for a loan. The bank may say, well, we don't want to put $10 billion on the uh, statement. Let's make it uh, $5 billion or $4 billion or $3 billion. And so what Letitia James is saying, well, see, he's really not worth $10 billion because look at the statement here. It only says $3 billion or whatever. Uh, and the guy from Deutsche Bank said, well, no, that's not unusual because we always downplay the, uh, the wealth of our bigger clients. You know what she's asking for, for Letitia James? She's asking for $250 million in damages. Two hundred. Now, mind you. Well, excuse me, but this, apparently, uh, according no victim. to her, Trump doesn't have it. So there but, you go. But the thing is, that's true. But the thing is, um, there's no victim here. Nobody, no client of Trump has filed a complaint against Trump or Trump Industries. No, Nobody has done that. The banks have all done business with Trump. They've all gotten paid off. They've all gotten paid off with their interest. They're all very happy and want to do repeat business with uh, Trump because he's been a good client. It's the, it's the state of New York, a.k.a. Letitia James, who's saying that there's a victim here. There's no victim. Mm -hmm. you know. Well, the vi yeah, the victim is Trump himself. That's who it is. And the That's only reason true, he's a victim... The only reason he's a victim is because he said, I'm running for president. Yeah. Now, uh, I guarantee that if he would have walked out of the uh, the office uh, when uh, Biden won, you know, you know, just overwhelmingly. Uh, and don't you deny that fact. Uh, if he would have just walked away, none of this would be going on. But well, and except that I think Hillary's vindictive. And, you know, she's back in with Biden to help him out. And yeah, we that. know that she's got a history of dirty tricks. So, you know, I don't know that it would really be over because uh, now that I think about it, there's a little bit of, a, not a little bit, there's a lot of vendetta going on. Well, and then there's a lot of fear going on all mixed together. And this it. is a full out attack on Trump. The, you hit the last word you hit, fear. I think a lot of the people, including Hillary, are thinking if Trump gets back into office, we're, We're screwed. <laughs> exactly. We are in deep doo-doo, as they would say. If you voted against Hillary because you didn't like her, which I know a lot of you have said that, even Democrats, then you know what? Put the screws to her. Finish it. Because well, vote for Trump. And a lot of people are coming over to Trump that were... A lot of them, ah, I don't want to vote for Trump because of all the negative things that were thrown out there. And I got to tell you something, you know, whether you go, well, uh, uh, that's true. People do mature, change, grow older and get, you know, become better people. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying he was a pretty good guy all the way through. He got a lot of mud slung at him. And, you know, I don't care how pristine and pretty lily white your wall is or chartreuse or whatever color it is. It's a beautiful wall. You throw enough crap on it, 
you know, some of it's going to you know, tarnish and stain it a little bit, no matter how much you clean it. And it's not, it wasn't the wall's fault. President Trump lived in New York City. Uh, I've, you have to understand the environment of New York. It's, it's run by Democrats. It's surrounded by Democrats. All of the uh, uh, upper echelon in society in New York, for the most part, are Democrats. It is a Democrat environment. And President Trump lived in that environment. So that's why when you hear him say when he was a younger man, he, he supported Democrat politicians because, you know, they were the ones that were doing him favors on buildings and certain things that he needed to get passed uh, in government. And uh, he wasn't a stupid man or a bad businessman. He knew that you had to have the right people on your side. So he gave money to guys like Chuck Chuckles Schumer and the like. Uh, and Hillary, and yeah, yeah, the list goes on and on. But he gave money to Republicans, too. Uh, he's help, helped out both sides because that's what you do. You can call it anything you want to, greasing the palms, whatever, mm-hmm. but you want to sit there and, hey, little money for you, little money for you. You guys, you go do what you do. May the best guy win. But, boy, you know, you know President Trump started— Hedging your bets. He started to— at some point, I find this amazing about the man. At some point, this wealthy uh, guy who lived in the lap of luxury and, and was surrounded by people who, who idolized him because he was one of them, at, or at least they thought, at some point he had to sit down and do some serious soul searching. Now, I don't think it was a switch that he, he threw. I think that he always kind of had this in the back of his, if you read uh, some of his yeah. stories or books, and if you see some of his interviews from like 1998 or 1995, he always kind of was thinking like a man of the people, but he hadn't changed his political affiliation or anything like that. But at some point, he had to make a definitive change in his life. Well, you know? the core person, he did help people. He would go and help oh, yeah. people. You know, and that was kind of like the the observation I made over the weekend. I saw a story, uh, and stick with me on this, is where uh, there was, I think it it appeared in the Wall Street Journal, one of the papers sat there and talked about this impending bubble, this economic bubble where it's about to burst and a lot of wealth is going to be lost. Uh, You know, we'll go into a deep, dark recession and just anything financial woes that it could happen will happen in 2024. And so the question is, you know, how do you survive it or who survives it? Let's go with the who survives it. Well, the people that get to keep their jobs, if you can hang on to your job and tighten down, you know, tighten the belt right now, you might ride out the storm, but a lot of people are not able to do that right now. 45% of real estate agents, that's a job where it's, it's a rake to rake in money and, Make it, make it a hand over fist. 45% of them right now, agents, cannot pay their mortgage. So that tells you what's in, what inflation is doing with interest rates and to the housing economy. But when you think of all that that's, that's going on, who survives? Well, the people that can hang on to. Who else survives? The very wealthy. The very wealthy, because what they do is the person that's struggling to make it will start selling assets that they want. They can get for pennies on the dollar. So they'll go out and start grabbing land mm-hmm. and homes and everything. So this is not Robin Hood. This is Robin the Hood. <laughs> and the big guy is out to get your money. And that is what I see that's that's going on here because it's it's you're seeing the biggest you're you're seeing one of the biggest grabs in history where the rich is coming to rob from the poor. Wow, and it's changing our our neighborhoods and our lifestyle too with uh, what's happening on the border and the people who are coming across. I was just reading a story today about a 16 year old cheerleader from Texas who was murdered by an illegal. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a guy who wasn't supposed to be here, and he killed her, and she's dead, and she should be alive. And and if yeah. Trump had if Trump had not. Uh, been pushed out of office, and I think it was done so uh, in, in illegally, but that's for another time, I guess. Uh, you know, she would be alive today. 
So, and I keep hearing stories like that. You know, they're talking now about, I, I heard this over the weekend too. A lot of people are saying that what's going to happen as we approach the election, it's not going to be a pandemic this time. There's going to be an internet crash. The communications grid is going to go down and mm-hmm. they're going to be forced with having a, a, a vote with paper ballots, uh, not paper ballot, but mail-in ballots too. That's what the left wants. They want mail-in ballots because that's how you can manipulate the results. Uh, what I thought was interesting was I also learned that Netflix, which, you know, is kind of tied in with the left, the woke left. You know, they have a relationship with the Obamas. Remember they paid them $60 million to be uh, producers for some documentary about Michelle? $60 million bucks. Think about that for a second. I don't think the producer of the, of the movie Jurassic Park got $60 million, but that's for another time too. Uh, but Netflix just released a movie called Leave the World Behind, I believe. I think that's what it's called, Leave the World Behind. And it's about uh, our country having, an inf- you know, the internet go down, the system go down, the communications disappear. And it's almost like they're signaling us, like, watch this, because this is what's going to come along, and uh, your whole You've world is going to change. Yeah, exactly. Um, but What's it called? I think it's called uh, Leave the World Behind. Let me see if yeah. I got it right. Uh, leave the World Behind. Uh, it says, uh, stuff, so for the, uh, this for the apocalyptic page. sci-fi thriller might be an enticing alternative to the swath of Christmas movies we're being bombarded with right now. Leave the World Behind, which is based on Ruman Alum's book of the same name, tells the story of married couple Amanda... And Clay, whose vacation is interrupted by a mysterious, um, it goes on and on and on and on. It says, the two visitors bring news of an impending cyber attack and seek refuge in their home. Anyway, go, the, the, the key word in the description there is cyber attack. Okay. And, and they're saying that we're going to be hit with a cyber attack. And of course, they're going to blame it on the they're going to blame it on the Russians. They always blame it on the Russians. I mean, they were proven. Remember that whole Russia, Russia, Russia hoax uh, that was proven to be a lie? It was, it, was, it was unequivocally proven to be a lie. They still talk about it like it was the truth. I heard, I heard Hillary mention it like it was, a, a, it was a factual situation, the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. You tell a lie enough, it becomes reality. And even though the reality that they created got debunked, they're still going to tell the story because sooner or later, the American public forgets. You know, you and I, Bill, you and I should, as our homework assignment, we should watch Leave the World Behind. We should watch it and and maybe we'll have a better idea of what it's all about and, uh, and be able to talk about it tomorrow on the program. Um... Another guy who's in the news and just won't go away, no matter how hard uh, you, you kind of hope he would, is Al Gore. That's right, uh, former Vice President Al Gore. He, uh, he was on State of the Union on Sunday, and he said, uh, he says uh, that, uh, how am I going to get this right? We hear the word thrown around polycrisis, polycrisis. I've never heard, have you ever heard anybody use the word polycrisis? No, I've never even heard the word at all until just now, but okay. that's what they do. They come up, they either invent phrases or they they sit there. They probably use yeah. an AI to come up with words and say, oh, this will get them. This is Al Gore. This is a quote. We hear the word thrown around polycrisis. Well, solving the climate crisis is a poly solution. Poly means many, folks. It's not a big deal. Poly means many crises. Uh, okay. Well, we know what to do. We have the means to do it, and we have to make sure that we make the right political choices in our democracy to enable ourselves to make the right choices. Al, what the heck are you talking about? But anyway, 
Here's what he said in his own words. It, it does look like, like uh, the, the 2024 election will come down to President Biden uh, versing, versus uh, former President Trump. Um, and I'm wondering what you think uh, the world would look like under uh, uh, President Trump uh, being reelected, which is certainly uh, a possibility, not only when it comes to the climate, uh, but also when it comes to democracy. Well, I saw the other day where he pledged to be a dictator on day one, and you kind of wonder uh, what it'll take for people to uh, believe him when he tells us uh, who he is. And, uh, you know, the, the solution to political uh, despair is political action. And for those in, in the Republican Party and the Democratic Party and independents who love American democracy and who want to preserve our capacity to govern ourselves uh, and solve our problems, now's the time uh, to get active. You know, there's a, there's a mental health crisis around the world, Jake, that we hear people talking about. I think that one of the main reasons for that uh, is that young people look uh, at the fact that we are not yet solving the climate crisis or dealing with some of these other challenges uh, and we hear this word thrown around poly crisis well solving the climate crisis is a poly solution we know what to do we have the means to do it and we have to make sure uh, that we make the right political choices in our democracy to enable ourselves to make the right choices oh the guy's amazing honest to god uh, you know he there's so many bites there he made so much money off that whole climate nonsense. He made a movie and got an Academy Award because the movie was judged by his leftist friends. Remember, his it, left was, it was a, yes, it was it was a, a documentary on the climate, and it was like, well, you know, it was such a great movie. I didn't see it. Neither did I. I didn't a, even hear about it until after he got the award. Oh, he and this guy, I think to myself. He made so much money, and then he dumped his wife. Remember Tipper, how they were so in love when he was yeah. when he was vice president? I believe he dumped her. Uh, well, did he dump her? Or did she dump him? Well, let's put it this way: they're not together anymore. So I, I don't know whether, or at least that's what I had read. Uh, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I'll have to check on that. But so he's, you know, there's that lie too. You know, well, pl- uh, Trump pledged to be a dictator. He did not. <laughs> I know that is the news media running away with. You know, Trump saying, you know, when he was asked about that, he goes, uh, oh, the first day, yeah, I am going to close the borders. What else was it he said he was going to do? He was going to, he was going to drill, drill, drill. Right. Drill, drill, drill. Close the borders. And that is it. You know, and he goes, and that's the end of it. So there is no dictatorship. It was a joke that they're taking and twisting, you know, and he's sitting there. Well, you know, if Trump pleaded guilty to uh, being a dictator, then Mr. Gore, you uh, pleaded guilty to being a tree stump that uh, has nowhere to go but be pulled up and plucked away. <laughs> he uh, he makes his money selling the whole climate crisis propaganda, and, and you have to remember. And people don't do this; they gotta stop for a second. And remind yourself what he said uh, five years ago or six years ago or ten years ago. He talked about cities on the East Coast being flooded and sinking below uh, into the into the ocean. I think he said this like it would happen by 2013. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've seen any East Coast city disappear into the ocean. Have you? Not that I'm aware of. You know, I look, when I was a kid growing up out there, you know, uh, the, the ocean is creeping up on Long Beach by the rate of one inch a year. That should be pretty deep by now and gone. It's still there. The only flooding I ever saw out there was in 1969 as a young lad, the, uh, the, the rainstorms uh, that hit and uh, the Tulare Lake. All that farmland got flooded, looked like an ocean. Oh, by the way, it used to be a lake. And then they drained it and turned it into farmland, and nature reclaimed it. Uh, What's wrong with climate and everything is what we as mankind do to it. Mother Earth is just fine. It's these frickin' idiots that sit there and do things. But on the East Coast, things are 
things are basically no. the same. And I mean, Wilmington, yeah. Delaware is still there, and uh, uh, all these other coastal cities uh, are still there. The, no flooding in D.C. that we can talk about that's uh, come up the. The oh, no, Chesapeake it's flooded River. with Democrats. Oh, that's it's true. It's flooded that's with true. liberals. Yeah, that's true. It, it, and and useless flooding. politicians, yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's, you know there's people a, don't realize this. People, you know, we hear we hear people talk about the swamp. Do you, do they realize, a lot of people don't realize that the city, was. The city of Washington literally was a marshland, a swamp that they filled and the in. And the snakes and kind have of, reclaimed the land. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's so they burrowed in. That's what they're no really seriously. They have. Do you know it hey, was? You about? It was so bad. The city of Washington was so bad during the Civil War. You walked outside some days, and the stench, the literally the stench was overwhelming. Washington wasn't always this pristine uh, Greek-looking. You know, uh, I say Greek, ancient Greek buildings, and all of mm-hmm. these Roman. Style buildings. No, it was uh, once uh, basically a stinky swamp, and uh, they just kept pouring money and uh, effort into it. And I guess, it, I mean, they still have amazing problems. I mean, the murder rate in D.C. I think is one of the highest in the country. The, I mean, they're, the crime rate in D.C. is unbearable. And what people don't realize that. You know, when you get out of the core of Washington, you know, where the Capitol is and all the government buildings, you get into the immediate urban areas, there's some very poor areas in D.C. It shouldn't be that way. Where the crime rate, crime rate is through the roof, you would think that the city is the city that is governed by the federal government mm-hmm. would be a pretty solid city, a city. But what's happened is they've allowed... The Democrat uh, Party to control the local system. You have a, a Muriel Bowser, who is the mayor of, of D.C., and they just voted her in, I guess, about a year, year and a half ago. She is, you know, she's just a politician. These people, are they're not really in it for the well-being of the city. Every, they go with the political wind, you know. Oh, oh, Black Lives Matter is important. Let's paint the streets with the BLM. That'll be great. Then that'll make it work, you know. We'll put a big Black Lives Matter in front of some key buildings on the street, and we'll keep it there. And we'll call it let's call it Black Lives Matter Square or Street or something like that, which is what they've done in D.C. You know, instead of it, instead of cleaning the streets, instead of cleaning crime, you know, they've lost police officers. At an overwhelming rate in D.C., I think it was. I think I read somewhere it was like thirty percent of the police force is retired or taken early uh, exit. And you think, mm-hmm. my God, that why are they doing that? Because they're not being supported by the politicians. They don't have their back. You know, they see what happened with the Democrat-run Minneapolis. By yeah. the way, you really should see that movie that uh, I mentioned last week. Uh, it's on. Uh, the I think it's called uh, the death of Minneapolis or the the fall of it's Minneapolis. It's on our website. Yeah, the fall it's of Minneapolis. Website. If you get a chance, please take the time to watch it. You'll learn a lot about what really happened in Minneapolis. Uh, it's mm. uh, it's sad. It's eye opening because it's not what you saw on the news. No, it's never what you see on the news. Did you uh, hear about what's going on in California? The school districts out there. They've got uh, no. It's 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 like Nazi propaganda, anti-Semitic uh, uh, oh. teaching using imaginary uh, our imagery that uh, mirrors Nazi propaganda. Uh, basically, I'm looking at it right out of the book. Uh, P is for Palestine, and anyway, apparently now, how long does it take to put a book out in print and and get it out there? Month, two months. Well, it used like to take it used to take months to get a, a book printed and out there but now i guess when you really when want to get that hamas propaganda attack? when was the hamas attack it was october 7th okay this book was out in uh, november apparently early november which means that this had to be conceived and put together probably at the time if not before the attack and now all of a sudden uh, across uh, California's Oakland Unified School District on Wednesday, teachers took part in a disturbing teach-in about the Palestinian cause, which utilized anti-Israel and anti-Semitic materials. These printed books, 
you know, which tells me before the attack, they decided that they were going to indoctrinate our kids and attack America with BS propaganda. Well, you know, one of the, did you hear about those? We talked about this last week. There were three Ivy League presidents who spoke in front of Congress. And what I found was interesting, Bill, if you looked at their answers, three people, you had one from Harvard, one from MIT, and one from University of Pennsylvania, three Ivy Mm -hmm. League schools. They all answered a question by Elise Stefanik, a representative from New York. They all answered a question almost verbatim. If you listen to how they answered, it was almost the exact same response. Well, what happened over the weekend, uh, you may have heard about this, uh, a lot of the big donors to these schools have said, oh, yeah, this is how you feel about the Jewish people? Uh, one of the don- Hasta la vista, yeah, baby. One of the donors is a multi-billionaire who had, I guess, committed a billion dollars to Harvard. Or, or one of the, maybe it wasn't Harvard. Not, no more. It's gone. It's, it's, it's a wrap. Put a fork in it. That donation is done. Well, I guess the president of Penn over the weekend uh, resigned, they said. They, yeah. She was pressured into resigning. But you know what's interesting? You have to read the whole story. They, they say, oh, she resigned as president of Penn. But what they don't tell you is she stays on in her job, in, in working for Penn as a law professor, still getting her six figure uh, salary. She's just not in the line of fire anymore. She's not they the pushed president. They her out of the limelight to make it look like. So, in other words, that school, you know, it's, it's the same horse. Oh, just- it really is the same horse, doo doo. Uh, but they do this. Oh, she's she resigned. Yes, she she. They what they did is they sat down with her and said, "How can we get this? Uh, how can we deflect all this negative negativity?" Well, look at why don't you resign? You keep your salary. Well, you can still teach as a professor. It, it, you'll still be tenured. You still get all the perks and benefits, and uh, you you will give you a nice retirement. But you won't be the president of the university anymore. Well, and she probably figured, eh, that's a that's a good deal. I'll take it." And off she goes. And now they're saying, I heard on a talk show this morning out of Boston, well, it's one down, three, uh, two to go. And I felt like saying, hey, I don't know Jeff, but I, I feel like I do. I listen to him in the mornings. I felt like saying, Jeff, there's more to the story. She really, she resigned, but she kind of really didn't resign. I mean, she's still working for the university. Uh, well, I, I think he gets, uh, he has people that uh, gather stuff and uh, gather the audio. He's a good presenter. He's He's, he uh, he he's really a good is. soldier for uh, for conservative. Uh, I can't even say conservatism. It for, for, yes, I know exactly what you were saying. I can't do it right now. It's Monday, Bill. Today. It's Monday, huh? and we're almost we're almost done with this thing for the conservative cause. That's that anyway, works. That works. Yes. 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 But every once in a while, I get my tongue wrapped around my eye tooth, and I can't see what I'm trying to say. Exactly but, right. You know, that, that, you know, we'll leave it at that. Um, anyway, uh, other things that uh, we haven't talked about. Uh, you see where Sheila Jackson Lee, she was running for the mayor of Houston. And she was acting like it was a shoe in She's a representative for like, I don't know, forever in uh, Washington, right? She figured, well, I'll go down, get a nice paying job in Houston, my home district, and not have to commute to D.C. anymore. I'm done with that. And uh, but she really is a woke leftist, and mm-hmm. I, I never could understand her her hairstyle. She used to wear this like ring around a crown around her head of hair. Uh, but anyway, she uh, she ran. There was an election on Saturday, and she lost. She lost big time. She was I think it was like sixty five percent for the uh, other Democrat who was running against her, and she lost. I think she had thirty seven percent of the vote. That's off the top of my head. Those figures not may not be exact. So uh, there's good and bad. She's not going to be the mayor of Houston anytime soon, but she probably will continue on with her job. She probably will stay. <laughs> She'll run again as representative and will be stuck with her on the national scene. Uh, and, and, and with all due respect, and I, I mean this sincerely, she's as dumb as a box of rocks. Uh, I mean, ay, ay, ay. 
uh, I know, tell you how I really feel, but it's true. She's, it's like. Well, actually, a, a box of rocks might have a little more intelligence. You know, they've never really put it to the test, <laughs> but I'm, I'd put my money on the box of rocks. Um, I thought this is interesting. I got to read this up and uh, talk about this tomorrow. Uh, developing Florida's Surgeon General Joseph uh, Latipo confirms detection of DNA fragments in COVID mRNA vaccines. Think about that for a second. Detection mm. of DNA fragments. That I haven't read the story, but it, from from that headline, it sounds like what he, what they're saying is that they're putting they put in this uh, vaccine. If it's DNA fragments, it means it's something that can be added to your DNA and right. change and change you. I mean, I could be wrong. I got to read it, but uh, you might want to well, check. Well, I that. don't trust anything. It's it's interesting because I, last week I um, I actually you know how you get those uh, those messages that come in from everybody in uh, under the sun. Now I got one from the I think it was the CDC saying. Have you gotten your uh, your COVID shot yet? So they're going through the roles of everybody that hasn't gotten a shot and contacting them to say, you've got to get those shots. Now I'm just waiting for the mandates to come down. Here's what I'm going to read. This is a lipid nanoparticles are an efficient vehicle for delivery of the mRNA in the COVID-19 vaccines into human cells and may therefore be an equally efficient vehicle for delivering contaminant DNA into human cells. The presence of SV40 promoter-slash-enhancer DNA may also pose a unique and heightened risk of DNA integration into host cells. So what we just said, apparently, is the fear is that in the mRNA vaccines... They can alter your DNA. Why would they do that? So that they could get a uh, nefarious result? Maybe put a timer on your lifespan or something like that? You know, you, you wonder, you hear about this. Now, this is all, this this is venturing into the unknown, okay? But you hear about all these young people who are dying unexpectedly, these vaccinated mm-hmm. people. You wonder whether uh, it was because the vaccine had programmed their systems to shut down. Ah! There's a movie. I got to write that script. Uh, I think there was one like that because there was one where people had, they look at their wrist, but there was no watch there, but there was time on it. And they had so much time to live. Oh, I and remember that. there were time cops. Yeah. yeah. And they would, the guy could come over and take your time away. But yeah. You only had so much time and you'd have to go to the time bat. You spent too much time watching movies. <laughs> no, that was back in the days when I, I used to watch movies. I remember. I remember. Yeah, so it was was interesting. He had a timer. They had a a digital timer on their wrist, and all you had to do is look down and see how much time you had left. Ooh. So, Uh, yeah, but I I think you earned time by certain things you did. You've been a good boy. We're going to add some time to your digital year. Otherwise, your time, your your clock is ticking, and Uh, your days are numbered. So. (laughs) You, you know, but that somebody probably in Washington going, that is a damn good way to control the public. I forgot about them. Hey, can somebody do that? Yeah, like, we can do that. Probably so, you know. Yep. How do we get it into everybody's system? Oh, we'll create uh, a pandemic. That'll work, yeah. Anyway, look, at that's going to do it, my friend. Uh, another show in the can, man, as they would say. Uh, if you want to reach us, our number is 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. Then there's mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at jimandbill.com, and jimandbill at mail.com. And you know, we're, like you said, on the web, it's itsanotherday.com. There's also jimandbill.com. Did you know that? No. Yeah, that's out there, too. No, no I didn't know there. that. So yeah, if, you don't know, but if you don't know the whole name of our show, you but you know who we are. Jimandbill.com. Really, just Jim and Bill, all one word, right? Jim and Bill, no spaces. Or look it up. Uh, yeah, it's there. It's 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 there. J- but it just kind of so links. If over. I typed it's- in J I M A N D B I L L dot C O M and hit it was enter, working a week ago. So yeah, I check it every once in a while because well, we own that domain. Done. I'll be done. This guy is. Yeah, he's I mean, he's we, our. Uh, I have to cover it. Bill, just Bill is in our. Case, eat it. Eat it. Bill is our technical guru. No, he, I'm not a technical he, guru. Yes, you I'm, are. You are. You, I, if I were the if I were the engineer on the Titanic, it would have never made it out of docks. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should leave. 
<laughs> we should leave it at that. What an ending! Hey, uh, have a great have a great day. Enjoy yourself, friends. Uh, hopefully, the news will be uh, slow today, which will only take a little bit of the stress off of all of us, right? Uh, yeah. But I got I got a feeling it's Monday, and it's just going to be a going to be a crazy. Well, week. I kind of hope the the news is slow because it gives me a chance to keep up with it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, with that, I think you should end this program with your traditional ending, Mr. Uh, Knight. It's all yours. Hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?